I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die historic on the Fury Road. to the Mad Max Minute. I guess there's no one to blame. We're leaving ground. Will things ever be the same again? It's the final countdown in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 118, which begins with credits for the construction crew, and it ends with the credits for the Sydney crew. But as you're all very used to at this point, we're not actually talking about the credits because we are joined today by SAG and Artemis award-winning stunt actor, founder of the New Zealand Stunt School, and Furiosa Double, Dana Grant. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Just as a little background to where I'm coming from, I didn't do any like deep comprehensive dives, like a background check or anything like that. I think yep. the most comprehensive thing I watched was an interview video that you did. I want to say it was with Glam.com or something like that, or Mode yeah. something or yep. other. Yep. Both of those, I think. <laughs> it was very well done. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah. Ah, thank you. To start things off, would you like to introduce yourself? Because I know I said in the intro a string of things that you'd done, but when you introduce yourself to people in groups, how do you like to do it? Ah, uh, in groups, I don't introduce myself. <laughs> 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 I'm Dana Grant. I'm from Auckland, New Zealand, and I've been doing stunts now for over 23 years. Probably longer now. I've worked it out, but I keep saying 23 years. And I'm a stunt performer and stunt coordinator, been working internationally. By the way, I never introduced myself to this to groups of people. <laughs> <laughs> Just to you guys. I own New Zealand Stunt School, so I teach new and upcoming stunt performers. And yeah, jobs, Mad Max, of course, doubling Charlize Theron, double Charlize and Snow White and the Huntsman. Just got back at the end of last year from doing the second Wonder Woman in Spain and the UK. A lot of TV shows, like I started off in Xena, started off doubling her with Zoe Bell, and that was 23 years ago. Went on to, oh, just heaps of other shows, Narnia's, Underworlds. I always forget most of them. Uh, yeah, heaps of shows. <laughs> yeah. I think most of your stunt reel from 2020, Ten, I don't know. I found it on it's YouTube. It's like the only one I've ever yeah. made. She got another one, but I can't put it out yet. I think that one has a lot of Legend of the Seeker on it. That one does. And it's really bad now. I need to <laughs> just like, get it off the internet now, you know? It's like, because I haven't done another one, it just keeps coming back up. But it's okay. I just never do showreels. I've usually got a job, so I don't need to do a showreel. <laughs> You're busy enough without having to worry about editing together old footage, right? Exactly. You know how, what sort of job it is to find all that footage? Thanks <laughs> 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 me forever. I've got a good friend of mine, Megan, and she hounds me all the time. She goes, you've got to put out a, a new show. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me the footage. I'll put it together for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still haven't. Every day she hounds me for it. <laughs> You'd have just as much luck telling her to go down to the shopping mall and grab a stack of DVDs. Yeah. Oh, she's threatened me with it. <laughs> i've told her she has to come over here and get it <laughs> there are worse things to be threatened with <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so yeah that's about me really yeah i've got three kids nice (laughs) over two decades in the business is impressive i'll say that much Oh, I've never really thought of it like that. Decades. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me sound really old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy. Yep, two decades. <laughs> in your video interview, you talked about growing up pretty much on the back of a horse. How do you go from being a girl riding horses with her father to being Lucy Lawless's stunt double in Xena the Warrior Princess? What's the process to get there? To go from point A to point B? A lot of luck. And it's just like destiny, really. Before I could walk, six months old, my dad used to tie me to the saddle. So I was literally born on a horse. And we had a farm, so it was motorbikes. And we were also near the beach, did a lot of jumping off the cliffs into the water and just everything, riding, driving bobcats to oh, just, yeah, just, just fun stuff, really. <laughs> and then I was at the gym and I was doing fitness competitions and stuff. and. I was working in a cafe, I was like 18 years old, working in a cafe as well. And some of the stunt guys came into the cafe and said, you've got to go for this audition. And I was like, okay, what, what's the audition for? And they said, Zena, Warrior Princess. I'm like, oh, okay. Never <laughs> stepped a day on set in my life, ever. And they said, you've got to leave now. It's today. I'm like, what? I can't leave my job. And they're like, you've got to go. You're going to be perfect for it. I asked my boss if I could go. He wasn't very happy about it, but I went. <laughs> Went along to this audition, didn't know what I was getting myself in for at all, had no idea. There was so many people there. There was people that were her body doubles. There were riding doubles. There were just people that were stunties that were auditioning for it. And it was actually for that character and another character at the same time. It was another, it was actually doubling. So there was two, there was two characters, another character called, Gina, well, doubling, sorry, doubling Gina Torres on a show called Cleopatra. And so there was a couple of roles that were, going but for one person and yeah I went along to this audition I didn't think I got it at all because I was a fish out of water there was all these confident people and I was this big fish out of water but being a horse rider and my mother ran a gym club and it was a very acrobatic gym club so I did a lot of wire stuff and everything with that I was a dancer so the choreography with the fight stuff and that was easy and yeah went went to the audition went home and then got a call saying I got the job and I there's no way I thought I got the job <laughs> it was pure luck because I I, yeah. I look back on I, I still don't know how I got it just these other people were just so confident I mean it comes down may it come down to a look or a size or a, but I think the horse riding and that had a played a big part in it that the wire work was a big thing like I did really well in the wire work the fighting stuff I wasn't <laughs> I was better at that later on <laughs> yeah so then I've been doing it ever since gone from job to job and been really lucky i think my height helps i'm tall mm-hmm. so and there's a lot of actresses out there that are tall and there's not many stunties that are tall so i've been really lucky that i get calls from around the world to go over and double people i literally get a phone call saying can you come over in a week and over to spain or can you come over in a week over to here or and i'm on a flight and i'm over there <laughs> so yeah luck really Initial confidence in front of the camera aside, to hear you describe it, you have the perfect storm of skills to get your foot in the door on a show like Xena. Between the gymnastics and the dancing and the horseback riding, it just sounds like the perfect stew. Yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't surprise me at all that you got the job. (laughs) It was a good sort of mix. And 
with the dancing, the choreography was easy to pick up. It was easy to mimic in whatever fight style it is. It's easy to mimic that. So dancers are always good stunties as well. And then it wasn't till not long after I started, I started different martial arts and picked up lots of other skills after that. And then it just grows. You end up with all the skills. <laughs> and I'm sure the longer you work in the industry, the more your name gets out there. And that's, I'm guessing, how you make the jump from a show like Xena to, let's see, in my notes... Because I'm so great at interviewing, I didn't what write down... What show are you going to say? I'm interested to see what show you're going to say. I didn't write down the movie name, but <laughs> I noted that you jumped into movies for the 2003 movie with Gwyneth Paltrow in it that I oh, don't yeah, remember Sylvia. the name of. Sylvia, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Do you probably know more about my timeline of TV and movies than I do? I <laughs> <laughs> But I'm a little curious, making the jump from working in TV for so long to then suddenly being in a movie, what that's like, making the difference, if there's a huge thing between the two. Yeah, there is a little bit, especially TV, especially action-orientated TV, like the TV that we do, like the Xena and the Hercules and Ash vs. Evil Dead and Legend of the Seeker, and it's just all stunts, and it's fast turnaround TV, so... We're busy, you know, we're really busy. We're nonstop and we've got so many things to fit into each episode. So to go from that to movies, movie was was movies was easy. It was actually boring. It was like, <laughs> okay. got one fight for six months. Oh god. <laughs> I rehearsed the same fight for six months. I might do, you know, a couple of wire gags here and then. You rehearse those for six months and I mean you make them perfect because it's movies, you know, it has to be absolutely perfect. Whereas T V it's like you've got one rehearsal and then we're shooting it tomorrow it's interesting i actually really love tv because i don't like sitting around i don't like being bored you know i feel like in tv your skills as a stunty are just just grow so much i thank rob tappet and that for for xena and that is such a good learning background for stunts you know you could go to work and you're like oh are you going to do a fire burn today oh yes we did oh tomorrow you're going to jump off that building that's on fire oh yeah okay cool next day you're going to do an air all these things and they're all new things you know and the amount of times you get to do those on movies is very minimal. Whereas those shows, they were like, yeah, yo, five people on fire, people flipping carriages. And, you know, so we all learned so much and it made us better performers, which is awesome. I believe it. Yeah. So I think I went off on a little tangent there. I didn't even answer your question, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely answered my question with the whole difference there. I've kind of always assumed that movies were a long series of hurry up and wait situations. Yep. Except for Mad Max. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that actually is where I'm leading to because oh. you have your television roles, your movie roles, you worked on Narnia and Underworld and all this other stuff. And then I'm assuming someone comes calling about Mad Max. And I'm just kind of wondering who made the initial call. Was this a George Miller thing? Was it a Guy Norris thing? Was it Charlize who asked for you? Who got you on the job? That's a good question. I actually don't know. Guy Norris is actually who called me. Yeah. <laughs> He's who called me. But I'd already doubled Charlize before that on Snow White. And I kind of done too badly because I was finished the job. I didn't get fired. So I think they must have decided, <laughs> well, Maybe we'll, she's already doubled her on that. Let's get on to the next one, maybe. Hmm. They did do auditions and stuff here for Mad Max, which I actually 
didn't have to do. But um, <laughs> I was trying to get it. I was like, oh, I'd love to get an audition for it. Yeah. And, and then I just got a phone call saying, do you want to double her? And I was like, oh, okay, righto. Yeah, it was Guy Norris, really, who I, I feel made the decision to have me on. Very thankful for that. Being practically next door. Now, obviously, New Zealand and Australia are two very distinct and different countries. They are not the same thing. (laughs) But growing up next door. (laughs) Did you have a lot of experience with the Mad Max movies? Had you seen them before or was this kind of a fresh thing that you were coming to? I saw them as a kid. I remember seeing them as a kid and going, whoa, those are full on. Those are busy. Wow. But as a kid, you know, you're into My Little Ponies and all these other things. And But also sort of remember, actually, it was more my brother and that, that were just loved the shows. But I was only really, really young when they came out. And then when I knew that they were auditioning for Fury Road, I did my research and I watched them all again. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, I love these. These are great. I'd love to be involved in this. So, yeah, that was it, really. I can imagine sitting back and watching a Mad Max film and seeing how George Miller does his stunts as a stunt person and thinking, okay, well, that guy got smacked in the head with a motorcycle tire and that guy obviously broke both of his legs. (laughs) Oh, gee, what is he going to have me do? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember going over to meet him. He said, well, can you come over and meet me? This is over in Aussie and this is like the Mad Max production office and everything which was amazing like just it was incredible like usually go into production offices and some offices and this was incredible I had just it was like the dream production office you know like big movie theater screens that you could sit down and and watch everything and it was just it was amazing I went over and spoke to him and we had a big chat about him and all his injuries and everything on Mad Max and blah 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 and I was like and then we got into a big conversation about And he goes, you know, so you're not worried about any of that sort of stuff. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I've had a dagger through my head. I've been brought back to life. I've had, you know, my shoulders made of metal. So then we got into this big conversation of stunt injuries. (laughs) (laughs) But no fear in any of that. It was just like, oh, this is exciting. This is what I want to do. I can imagine after getting a prop knife through your head. Yeah. Yeah. Not something we've (laughs) mentioned in the conversation before, but... (laughs) That is something that was mentioned in your interview video where yeah. something went wrong. I think you fell funny and then yeah, slipped knife through your head. Yeah, exactly. How does that happen? And you're like, go to hospital and you still don't know. Did that actually, did, you know, well, we did actually know really what happened. And it wasn't until they did a CT scan and saw the shape of a dagger through my head and watching back the footage. It's like, oh, okay, that's what happened. And cut hair and vomiting blood and just bled out got put in the hospital and bled out on the hospital floor and then got brought back but it was yeah it was was bizarre it was just it was almost seemed surreal because i'd severed all the nerves under my cheekbones which makes this side of my face numb still numb now it can move but it's just got no touch feeling like all my teeth and that are all numb Mm -hmm. so being in there there wasn't really in much pain really it was this is all numbed and i was just like okay i want to go now I'm done in here. And they're like, you can't go. I'm like, yeah, I'm, what's, I need to go back to work. No, you can't go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> you must really have a passion for it if you went back after that kind of experience. Yeah. 
I spent so much time this is on Legend of the Seeker. I spent so much time as that character it was a few years, and I choreographed all the fights and everything for her, and and so I'm choreographing them. I'm teaching her, and then I'm doing them myself. So I felt like if I wasn't there, then oh my god, what are they going to do? I need to be there, and they're like, we'll sort it out. I'm like, but you don't know the fights. You don't know who's gonna. Who's going to double her? I need to train somebody up to double her now. I need. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned up to work. They let me into work three days later, told me I wasn't allowed to work, but you can come visit. I said, I just need to come and show you some fights. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to do. Cause they literally cut all the fights from these big long fights I'd done down to two beats and changed the whole story. And, and I was like, no, this can't happen. <laughs> Suddenly the show is really boring. Everyone's just sitting in a circle talking all the time. Why? Dana's in hospital. Oh. So I went back and the production team there who were incredible, they just didn't want me working. They were so worried about me. And they let me be at work as long as I did everything very slowly and taught somebody to take my place for a few weeks. So I got my way. <laughs> it worked out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're on set, how is it decided when a double steps in for the actor? In fight sequences or just in general stunts and everything? In general. We look at what, if there's any danger in it, like we do risk assessments and everything, if there's any kind of danger at all in it, obviously then a stunt double will step in. And also if the stunt double will make look better i mean they're specialized in whatever it is that it's pretty hard to teach a an actor who doesn't do stunts and everything to ride a wire like a stunty does mm-hmm. so obviously we'll try and get in a stunt performer to make that character look as good as possible while keeping them safe and it just becomes a time thing as well it's easier to get a stunty and to do that one take than to try and keep going with an actor and then there's a possibility that they could get hurt if it's fight stuff, we might we'll do it a bit of a, an assessment with the actor and everything in that as well, and see what they can do. But it's also time for production. It's time with the actor, so they only have a small amount of time, so they can't cover all the fight angles and everything. The actor might be amazing, might be just as good, if not better, than the stunt double. But the stunt double might need to come in and do the fights and everything as well, just for time wise. The actor has to go on and do other things, and it's easier to get a stunt double and to go over shoulder and get all the coverage on fighting the other actor it's also safer like if you've got two actors fighting it becomes a lot more unsafe Mm -hmm. so we like to get a little bit of them together just to get a little bit of profile and everything but then going over shoulder stunties on actor because then the actor can just go full on and then they don't need to worry because they know the stunty is going to be in the right place right time and you find you get more from the actor if they're fighting a stunty heaps of heaps of things really come into play when you're deciding if they need a double or not. And most times it's better to have a double than to not. There are a few actors out there who have a reputation for doing their own stunts. Does the actor really get that much say in what they're allowed to do and when a double needs to step in? A lot of actors will say they do their own stunts. It doesn't mean they do all their own stunts. It's kind of a little loophole. They go, yeah, yeah, I do my own stunts. I might do a wire gag where I sort of fly through the air. They are still doing a stunt. They don't mention that the stunt double is crashing at the other end, you know. So, yeah, they they are still doing some of their own stunts, but they usually aren't doing all of their own stunts. And, I mean, there are ones that are really amazing and they 
could do it, but for safety's sake for the production, if something happened to them, then the whole production goes on hold. Mm -hmm. They usually don't get too much say in it unless it's like their own production and their own money going into it. Then it's, then they have a little bit of a say. I imagine there are a few actors out there that get a little bit of envy when they hear Tom Cruise talking about hanging from the side of a building or on the side of a plane. (laughs) Exactly. That's where I was going. I was like, he can can do his stuff because it's his show. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. He ponies up the money for the insurance so he can do whatever he wants. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You want to do your stuff? You do your stuff. That's three days. (laughs) Yeah. Then you've got people like Keanu Reeves, and sure, he goes through all of the training to make sure that he looks like he knows what he's doing, but people yeah. will go into the interviews and he'll talk about, oh, no, it's the stunt guys that do all of the real work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, you know, you get, there's some actors or even singers or anything. I mean, we might, we double singers on music videos and stuff like that as well. And a lot of them have to portray themselves as if it's them doing it. So, it, we actually signed something saying that we never mentioned that we've ever doubled, you know, but we'll, we've literally signed our live. I would never mention that we've ever doubled them on that music video, for example. So it would never, no one would even know. Well, in that case, I won't press. <laughs> <laughs> a, a music video does sound like fun. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. They are fun. A little bit different, but yeah. it's really usually, it's just a very fast amount of, stuff in a big stuff big stuff in a short period of time yeah there are so many cool things that you get to do i know one thing that stands out in my mind i was scrolling through instagram and i think this might be where i found you on instagram before i started pestering you with messages (laughs) it was a video that you'd posted of you behind the wheel of the war rig just driving around namibia (laughs) with uh (laughs) i don't know if it was the actor who played ace the lead war boy or if it was someone else but he was hanging on the side and you were behind the wheel and yeah he was the actor but he was actually funny enough he's a like a real full-on military guy and he was the safety and everything for a lot of like for charlie's and blah 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 and then they cast him in the role and then he had his own part and did his own stunts and and everything so yeah it was, it was pretty awesome so he was just kind of you know, over there with us. Next minute, he's got an acting part, and next minute, we're in the middle of the desert somewhere. No idea where we are. <laughs> Going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of that. There was, yeah. was a lot. I've actually got some other really fun. I should post some other ones. Actually, got some really funny, funny ones of like all the wives doubles that are all guys. Mm-hmm. And they're all singing. We've all gone crazy. We're out in this warring day after day, just every day all day in the desert and we don't get out lunch is in the war rig it's like here's your lunch you know and we're like oh we're still in the war rig oh my god <laughs> and you don't know where you are the desert just keeps going and we just go on these big runs and you don't know where you're going you know the camera crew follow you and we're like okay we'll do this now we just keep going and then we stop and then we keep going again and and we just go and then we turn around and find our way back to base at the end of the day so <laughs> We all got a little bit loopy, so we've got some hilarious videos of <laughs> some of the <laughs> So doubling for Charlize Theron on Fury Road, did you shave your head like she did? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so wonderful. <laughs> I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> I actually loved it in the end. It was Yeah. Really- My hair just before that was waist length. I had really long hair. 
Ooh. And I had wig fittings in Australia for these big blonde dreads that were amazing. That was what she was meant to wear. So we both had these big wigs. And then we I turned up to into Africa and we'd been training for a couple of months nonstop. And then um I said oh, I had someone come up to me and um say, Ah, oh, would you mind shaving your head? And I thought they were joking. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. They're like, no, no, seriously. Charlize has just sent us a video of her. She's decided that she wants to shave her head and not have the dreads. And they showed me the video and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> my hair off. I was like, so we booked you in um, with the makeup team this afternoon and we're going to shave all your hair off if that's okay. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind of exciting and scary all in one because you don't know what your head looks like. You're like, what am I going to look like? So I turned up there and I just remember them the first as they were shaving it all off. And they were great. They made me a wig and everything, like a long wig to match my hair that I had. Really? That's very kind of them. Yeah. There was a little bit of a, um, in Africa, because Charlize was known to have, it came on the media that she'd shaved her when we were shooting, that, she, that Charlize was there, she shaved her head, this is what she looks like kind of thing. And because... I was the only other one with a shaved head as a female. I started getting really weird attention around and getting followed and people were breaking into my house. And so security had to be put up around my house. I, I had three break-ins, had got shifted like five times. So I ended up wearing my wig as a disguise more than anything because my kids were literally getting followed and grabbed and sort of taken and asked questions as I'm walking down the street. The wig came in really handy. It stopped, you know, everybody looking and, oh, is that her? Is that, oh, is it? you know, yeah, as soon as I got the wig, I became part of the crowd again. It was really handy. Ooh. Wow. I know that we are enthusiastic about this movie, so much so that we pick it apart minute by minute. But I just can't imagine people who are so enthusiastic that they would break into your home and question your children. That's crazy. I don't think it had much to do with the show as such. I think it had to do with having a celebrity in the area and having film crews who have lots of money and more trying. I know there was, there was certain things that were a little bit like that. Like you get like going into shops, you'd get stopped and asked a million questions about the show. Mm-hmm. So there was that side of it. But then on the other side of it, the break-ins were more, she's in a massive house there. Is that Charlize? We're going to try and break in. She's probably got heaps of cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm. That became that side of it, which became, became a little bit scary, to be honest. They gave me this beautiful big house to start with, and I said, I just want to be in a tiny little apartment with everybody else around me. I don't want any, you know, any of that, you know. And they really looked out. I had you know, this incredible house and everything. I was just like, I don't want it. I need my safety. I need to know my kids are going to be okay. Yeah. And went into an apartment and everything, and that was awesome. It was really good. <laughs> On set, did you spend a lot of time with Charlize trying to zone in so that you both move the same way? Or did you already have that built in from when you were working on the other movie? Yeah, we had that a lot anyway. But you sort of do as a double, you're watching the whole time. It's almost a little bit stalkery, I guess. But you're kind of watching how they <laughs> walk. And because they kind of changed a bit to their character as well from like the last mm. show. It's a little bit different. So you kind of watch it and you pick it up really quickly. And, you know, you watch them do the stuff on set and how they do the little things, quirky things that they do, and you pick them up real quick. The evil queen from Snow White and the Huntsman is a very different sort of character 
than yeah. Furiosa. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> now, the character of Furiosa comes with one major quirk yeah. in that she only has one arm and the other one is mechanical. And I know that behind the scenes, they had this green sock that you put on your hand yeah. and then they put the prop over it but there's yeah. one fight scene in particular where you don't have the arm on and i was trying so hard to find little bits where the extra length of arm came yeah. into play and i'll be damned if i could find even one it was yeah. very hard <laughs> so i can only imagine that filming that initial fight scene between furiosa and max was yeah. very tricky the hard thing about that was having an arm but pretending you don't have an arm so if you fall you don't fall with your hands down like what becomes natural to you you had to fall with like a stump down i actually had something around my wrist to remind me it was i didn't have an arm that i never used my hand because that's security you know you do a big fall or something you want to put your hand down you protect your face you put your hands up and because i had nothing but then because the arm was off down here i couldn't have the stump facing to where do you know what i mean yeah. So I had to have, there was there were certain things I had to do that had to make it look like I had a stump and not an arm. We used to call it a stump. but <laughs> Really fighting second nature. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It just a lot of the fight rehearsals, we just went over and over and over and over and over and recorded, watched it back and went, no, that looks like I'm landing on an arm. Oh, okay, I'm going to change it. I'll put the arm this way. I'll put my hand that way. And it changed it all to make it look like it was an amputated arm. Was that particular feature new to you in doing stunt work? Yeah, it was actually. Having no arm, it was weird. It was very different. It was like having the mechanical arm was easy because it was just your arm, just your hands, you know. So everything was very natural then, but just having the stump was very different. Yeah, got used to it in the end. But <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to handle, I believe they had an actual made of metal prosthetic arm and then they had one that was lighter i'm assuming made of plastic did you ever get to handle the metal one and compare and contrast the weights oh you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this arm so when i first started the first couple of months all i had was the mechanical arm they never had a prosthetic one they never had a soft one so all the stunts for the first and, and it wasn't until i was doing it and i was just like this is not just me, but there was a few other people like the coordinator and that were like, this is ridiculous. The coordinator's like, Wait, how, uh, this is unreal. It should be a soft or something arm, a light arm or something. Cause I did the whole dive over the, the truck and slide under the truck and everything. That was all with the metal arm and it was heavy and it was actually quite worrying because it was hindering a lot of the movement and they're like, Oh yeah, it's coming. It's like, we need it, like, really soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up getting a softer arm a couple of months into it after doing heaps with the big heavy arm. And it was only one big heavy arm that was shared between me and Charlize. So. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up making another one. So we had one each in the end. So we ended up sharing a lot of the stuff. And then I got a soft one. And then there was only one soft one. So we shared the soft arm. So... <laughs> <laughs> Like another one's coming. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like, if Charlize wanted the soft arm, I got the hard arm again. So it was, <laughs> so yeah, the arm was the death of us. It was like, oh, the arm. <laughs> I appreciate that they gave you the soft one first, considering you're the one that's diving over things and running. <laughs> 
the way that you're able to run underneath the tanker, grab onto, I don't know if it's like the edge of the hole or some sort of thing that you grab on and then you slide underneath. I actually missed. Wait, you missed? Yeah. I was meant to grab inside the hole. I did a slide under. I'm meant to grab inside the hole and I missed the hole and I grabbed, there was like a hose reel just behind it. So I was like, whoa, 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 grab the hose reel and then sort of finish the, the stunt off. I was like, whoa, that was lucky. I almost missed <laughs> But then Guy Norris, who was directing and coordinating, he was like, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, oh, that, that, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. You do some amazing things in this movie, if you don't mind me saying so. Especially when we're talking about things involving the vehicles. Like when we get to the end of the movie and there's the fight between the war rig and the giga horse and Furiosa uh, yeah. is jumping between the two and hanging off the side. I'm pretty sure I saw your face instead of Charlize's face yeah, when the initial tumble <laughs> off the side happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's, it's actually funny because I noticed, because there's a lot of face replacing it, obviously. Um, mm. So I noticed my arms and a really strange face. <laughs> and then I saw a massive billboard and I was like, that's me with Charlize's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah there's i see oh yeah there's a lot of that but mm. you know i mean it's look at the show i mean not like you know you couldn't put charlie's jumping you know diving off the side of anything we needed too much <laughs> given the kind of actress that charlie's is she strikes me as the kind of person that would almost be frothing at the mouth to be able to do these big exciting things did she ever try and elbow her way in to something that they specifically wanted you to do? Not at all. Because she just adopted a baby as well. Ah. It was like, where's Dana? Dana's up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was funny. She was like, I'm not doing that. Where's Dana? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Dana can do this. <laughs> she, you know, it's like when you have a new baby, you're like, I don't want to put my life in danger at all. I've got this tiny little baby and, I'm, and I want to be with that baby as you know, as much as possible. I don't want to get injured. Yeah. So I guess I was lucky in the way that she was like, yeah, yeah, Dana can do all that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm curious about your stunt school. Yeah. So I understand that you work on movies and projects still full time. Is that correct? Yeah. So how do you fit in time to do a school? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty hard. No, I do workshops. So like every two months I do a new intake of students. And then after that, I have an agency now, which I've just started up, which is NZ Action Talent, because I found that I was just putting all my students forward for jobs and everything all the time. So I start up this agency and it's an action agency and it gets my students into the film industry doing action extra work and then into stunt work and stuff like that. So I started that and then had somebody else is able to run that side of it to get them working and everything. And then every second weekend, we just all train together. So, um, and then there's other workshops like there's the first one's the fight for camera workshop. So that's the new intake. Everyone has to do that. But then there's other ones that they can do. There's horses, there's high falls, there's water, there's fire burns, there's, you know, there's everything. And, every sort of month I'll do another one. But it's mostly, 
I kind of cover what is happening at the time, like what we need. Like at the moment, we've got Avatar going. So I've got a water workshop that's coming up based around a lot of the stuff that we'll probably use on that. We've got a, another TV show that we're doing at the moment called Cowboy Bebop. And so there's a lot of guns and all that sort of stuff. So I base all my training around the work that's happening at the time. So then my performers or my students are all trained up and on the agency ready to go to work and be ready for whatever show it is that's happening at the time. Around the end of the year, I'll start up horse workshops and trick riding and everything for film and TV. And that's because we've got Lord of the Rings TV show starting next year here. So, so we're always ready. We've got a pool of people ready to go on whatever show's about to happen. So I kind of fit it in. <laughs> Now, Ash versus the Evil Dead, that project is finished, right? It's done. Yeah. How does stunt coordinating for a television show compare to teaching? Because I feel like there are some overlaps on that Venn diagram. Yeah. I mean, the teaching helps my stunt coordinating because I've got a pool of people to choose from. Like if I'm stuck with <laughs> people, I can go to my, you know, I'm like, great. Got, you know, people at the school that I can call on. But it's very similar in ways. The good thing about being a coordinator and teaching is I can teach people from a coordinator's perspective and what a coordinator likes and and needs on set. So Mm. I can kind of go, whatever you do, first on set, do not do this because it pisses a coordinator off and you probably won't work again, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) it's good in a way that I can kind of go, I can really baby them through to working, to going, don't do that, do this. This is a job coming up, whatever you do. You, you know, if you're going for an audition, you need to do this. And it's the success rate's huge in it, which has been amazing. I love teaching. Yeah, it sounds like you have a fantastic system set up to really fill the need. Yeah. Like you go to set and you get satisfaction from creation and, and what the work that you've done. And then from the school, you get so much satisfaction out of seeing these people get their dreams and how good they get and them coming to you going wow you know look what you've done for me. thank you so much for what you've done for me it's yeah helping people is the best feeling in the world you know to make somebody happy so it's kind of that motherly thing going on there I love I love seeing them grow you know from the first day they start to how amazing they get you know and so quickly it's like I just put everything into them and it's like yes this is awesome you know I had one of my students and he only started not long ago but he just put everything into it and so as much as he wanted, I just kept giving, you know, as much as they want, you just keep giving, giving, giving. And he was in tears pretty much But what it seemed like. He was just like, I can't believe it. I, I just got my first stunt job on Avatar. And I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, it's all thanks to you. I was like, ah, oh, no problem, you know. And then I get teary. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. It's <laughs> so satisfying. It is. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there will come a point where you make a full-time transition from doubling to teaching? I don't think I could. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I want to, um, I shouldn't say this because someone might steal my idea, but I think I'd love to, one day someone needs to make super grand and I think they need to use me when I'm really old. (laughs) 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 Do you remember that? Do you think they do? It was on TV. I can't say I have. No. It was on TV as a kid. I'm going to send you a link to it because you'll oh, love yeah. it. It's okay. like the super granny and yeah. she's got superpowers and she helps people and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, somebody needs to remake that. That's like, 
you know, there's Wonder Woman and then there's Supergrand. <laughs> speaking of right. speaking of superpowered grannies, the <laughs> actresses that came in to be the Vuvalini on Mad Max Fury Road, some amazing names. I had no idea the caliber of actor that George Miller brought in to play the Vuvalini. But as we went through the minutes for the movie, we found out just how amazing some of their careers were. Yeah. Was there a separate team of stunt actors for them? Because I feel like with the Vuvalini, some of them got into fight scenes. Some of them did some amazing motorcycle stuff. I know Megan Gale's character specifically had that point where she was standing on a motorcycle and shooting a gun. Did you get to work with that stunt team a lot? Yeah, well, I, I, I almost got to do that gag, actually. But um, <laughs> actually, a guy ended up doubling her for that in the end. Yeah, we did, a, we did a lot with all them. I mean, there was whatever was going on, we, we kind of, if we weren't busy ourselves. I mean, we kind of, me and Jacob, Jacob's Tom's double, obviously. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, st- we were really busy, like day in, day out, we were really, really busy. So a lot of the times we were doing our own stuff. But we had a lot, of, lot to do with that prior to shooting when we had like three months worth of rehearsals and everything. So any of the rehearsals, we kind of were around and helped out a bit, usually if we could. A lot of the times, though, we missed out on some of the stuff we missed out. But we, I mean, we still hung out with all of them and everything. You know, we were all like a big team that we all trained together and hang out and, you know, became a big family out there. Was there anything on the set of Mad Max Fury Road that you looked at and said, oh, I want to try that out that they didn't let you do? Or did you pretty much get a chance to do everything you wanted on that set? And more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that I did everything, and well, that I did all the gags. So there was times where I'm on set looking after, helping look after Charlize. There's then I'm quickly shipped off to you know you've got to go to a stunt, go to a stunt, come back, help Charlize out again. It was really really busy. I mean, you could imagine that character was busy the whole way through the show. I for one look at the polecats. They're amazing, weren't they? And it just looks amazing. Yeah, they trained a lot for that. We had a big gym that was made up and we had poles and everything inside the gym for them to scurry up and down and <laughs> they lived on these poles and then yeah they had the they the pole cats are on the top and they have literally just harnessed off by one little strap around their wrist you know <laughs> one of them got flung and ended up in hospital that was the only injury we got through the entire job pretty much Ooh. wow yeah so uh, considering you know, the job, I mean, the, the massive job to have one injury, like, I mean, it was a big injury, but have one injury like that's pretty good going, really. I mean, we had other little niggles and stuff that I had. I mean, I got a concussion. I fell head first off the monster truck. I heard about that story. I'm <laughs> glad you brought it up. I was listening to another podcast, the You Are Awaited podcast with Yuri Lowenthal and Travis Centel, and they were talking to Greg Van Borsum, and yes. he mentioned that you took a tumble off the war rig at one point. What was the story behind that? It was actually off, it wasn't the war rig, it was off that, the other monster truck. The, um, the Giga Horse? The Giga yeah, the Giga Horse. Oh, okay. After I got thrown, you know where I get thrown off the side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got thrown off, I keep going. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Didn't quite make the handhold, huh? Didn't quite make the handle. I grabbed the handle and my hand just ripped off the handle. Oh so, my god! It was just a rehearsal, but yeah, and I had like a chicken strap thing around, and my hand just slipped out of it. And I ended up sort of 
head first into the ground. But I was fine. I was sort of, I was like, well, I'm a bit knocked out. Okay, I'm good. I'm good to go again. Like, no, no, you sit down. I'm like, no, not there. I'm okay. But, <laughs> you know, I got looked after. I They brought in a physio and it got acupuncture and everything every morning because my neck would all seized up and everything. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they looked after me and kept me going. After Fury Road was all said and done, you obviously kept going on stuff. You actually wrote and produced and stunt coordinated your oh, own yes. short. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Reigns of War. Have you seen it? I have not sat down and watched it yet. I don't know quite where to find it. <laughs> I'll send you a link to it. It's not it's only like five minutes long. Yeah. But it's busy. It's it was like stunt, 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 stunt. <laughs> but it was amazing. Like just the amount of love from the New Zealand film people that everybody helped out. I had Panavision, you know, sponsoring me all the cameras I had. Like I had the setup I had there was bigger than on a movie set. The gifting of all the gear and everything. The people that were involved in it are like the top New Zealand HOD in the art department, the director, the DOP, the it was all our top New Zealand people that do, you know, done Lord of the Rings and all those sorts of things. And and here they are on my farm. You know, we've got we've got a quarry in the farm and at the farm that I live at. And so we got a quarry down there and the art department came in and just changed this whole thing into a war field. And we shot the director, my the, I'd scheduled it, that everything that we had to do. And the director goes, there's no way, there's no way we're going to get the sh- these shots in that amount of time. <laughs> I was like, can we at least give it a go? He goes, yeah, we've got to have your, and he was very, he was also, he's so lovely, Charlie Haskell. He's like, you need to have your wish list. And then, you know, this is, this is the bonuses, okay? I'm like, we're going to get all of it. And he goes, all right, Dana, okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yes, mate. He's, he, oh, I love him to pieces. And he, he was the second unit director on Ash vs. Evil Dead. And in his head, he's like, we'll try our hardest, but, you know, this is way more than what we could ever get into two days. I said, we need to get into two days and we can't do overtime. I don't want people that are working for free, you know. And I look like this. I was like, my eyes were hanging out of my head. I had the weeks. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do this. And I produced the whole thing on horseback because um, it was the fastest way to do it, you know, because it yeah. was muddy from the war, you know, how it was all done and everything. It was all muddy and dirty and I needed to get from place to place to organize people. And so I did it all on horseback. I just, you know, galloped from here to there and there and back again. And I mean, it doesn't And then I'm behind the monitors, I'm listening. And it was just in two days, we shot everything. Oh. We got everything. I think there was one stunt we didn't get. And I was like, damn it. He's like, are you serious? You've got everything else. I'm like, I know, but that just, we'd rehearsed it all so well that it was like, yep, we've got two takes of that. That's it. You know, mm. setting a guy on fire and we ratcheted him into my pond. So we've got one take at a full body. We had two people doing full body burns coming out of a tent. One gets ratcheted into the pond. Actually, one, it was actually playing a guy, but it was actually a girl doing the stunt. And these are all my students and everything. And yeah, in two days we, we did it. And I was just like, yeah. You know, and, and the love. Everyone cried at the end. They're like, you need to make this show, like all the people that worked on it, because we want to come back here. We want to keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Since then, I know we're going slowly up your IMDb list because that's the type of low-rent researcher I am. <laughs> You've got two projects in post-production here as we were recording in July. I know this isn't going to come out into the public until December, but you did stunt work on the live action Mulan that Disney is oh, yeah. putting out. And then as you already mentioned, Wonder Woman yes. as coming out. Yeah. 
obviously two very different studios to work with, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mulan, I didn't do too much on Mulan. I just did some help out with some rigging and that on it. They were shooting it the whole time I was on Wonder Woman. So wow. I came back and then hopped on Mulan for a little bit. And I was about to coordinate a Netflix movie, which I've just finished earlier on this year. So there was lots of bits and pieces going on. But yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman, we were like, oh, that was, I was pretty stuck in that for a long period of time. <laughs> you probably can't tell us too much, but did you get to do some cool stuff that you can share on Wonder Woman? Can't share anything, actually. <laughs> I had my own character. <laughs> um, I had my own character on it, mm-hmm. which was fun. And it was really busy. Really, really busy. Because, you know, you'd usually have an, an actor and they'd have a stunt double and they'd have a, a this kind of double and a double for that and a double for that. Well, I had me. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> So when you're out there doing press for the movie and you say you did all your own stunts, you actually did all your own stunts? I did. Actually, there was one thing I didn't do on it, and it was because I had just come home. And, um, you know, Jessie Graff? She's one of my good mates, amazing stunt woman. She's from L.A., and she was over working on Wonder Woman as well. And I finished the job and everything, and I'd come home, and they still had a few pickups and everything to do. And she sends me a photo going, guess who I am? And she's dressed up like me. I was like, yes! <laughs> that's awesome. She goes, I'm not really doing much, but I said, that's cool. I finally have a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. With all of the different leads that you've doubled and all of the different characters that you've embodied, is there one character in particular that, you mark down as your favorite, like you think back and say, oh, I liked being that person. That's really hard. Furiosa was as up, definitely up there in my top being that character. Just, I mean, it's the show, you got to do the show and then you got to do all these amazing stunts that you hardly ever get to do. So then that side of it was like, yeah, that's probably the top one. Strangely, I loved doing Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, doubling Rona Mitra on that. That was pretty awesome you know that was quite a neat character to be yeah oh and my wonder woman character that was yeah. cool yeah <laughs> i have to say that one no, that, was, no, that, was cool. no, that was awesome that was you know getting to work with some awesome people awesome team and and there was a whole bunch of kiwis that came over with me which was mm-hmm. all the rigging team and everything which was really neat but as a character that was cool too now you might be a little biased i'm sure but do the best stunt people come from New Zealand? Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> <I'm> biased, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously not all the best, but we do make a pretty darn good bunch of stunt performers, you know. And there's ones that you wouldn't even know. They're over there coordinating the biggest shows in the UK, and they started off on Xena just performing with me. You know, there's. Ben Cook and Marcus Ranthwaite and there's Alan Poppleton. They're all big names and they're all big coordinators and directors and big shows now. So we've done pretty well for a little country over here. I think it's because we're pretty rough. (laughs) We're pretty rough. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, we've pretty much run up against the hour. I told you when we were planning this that I wouldn't keep you too much longer than this. Julia, do you have anything to ask here at the end? I got all the answers I was looking for. Okay. Well, (laughs) In that case, Dana, I just want to give you a heartfelt thank you for sitting down with us. This has been an absolute delight. And 
I cannot contain my gratitude for you being here and joining us. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me. I learned from this too. I learned about my own background. That's <laughs> Did I do that? I'm sorry, I did do that. <laughs> no, so no, thanks for having me. Is there anything specific that you want people to check out at the very beginning of 2020 or going into the months ahead that you want to plug? Uh, no, I mean, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, my, my Instagram name is Dana Stunts, and that's kind of where I end up. If anyone wants to know anything, that's kind of where I post stuff. Anything that's coming up or any background, you know, behind the scenes or any of that sort of stuff is mostly on my Instagram. So, mm. and if anyone has any questions, they're more than welcome to ask stuff on there to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, just one last time, thank you so much for joining us. And we're very much looking forward to all of the stuff that you've got in post production right now that we can catch in the future. Thanks. <laughs> oh, we've got. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, because it's going to be busy. I mean, we've got um, Cowboy Bebop. I don't know if you've looked at that. That's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. Thank All right. you so much. No problem. Bye. Bye. As for us, we will be coming back on Wednesday, much like we did with Beyond Thunderdome. We'll be taking a step back from the individual minutes to watch the entire movie all together to see if there's anything we missed by looking so closely at each individual chunk. But unlike Beyond Thunderdome, we actually have a special edition that we can watch. So we are going to sit down and watch Mad Max Fury Road, the black and chrome edition to see what all of that hype is all about. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 118 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.